break here with Tatsuki. Go. 3 0 plan. Welcome back to. No, I've totally made a mess of that life. Superb start. Well, you're not back. Well, maybe you're back. Uh, you're back if you've listened before, so I suppose welcome back. Makes Don't sense. That is actually. Take that back. Sorry for wasting your time there. Um, this is episode 60. Believe it or not, two minutes for chatting. And, um, well, what more can you really say about the game at the weekend to end our. Um, Eight game winning streak. We'll come on to that. It was a, a bit of a ding dong battle. <laughs> plenty, plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. Yep. Um, so we've got the Coventry game. We've got the rest of the news from the the or well the results in the league predictions and a wee bit of elite uh, league news as well from today along with anything else we can squeeze in right at the end that nobody will be listening for. So, action-packed. As ever. As ever. Um, so, the, we'll start with the sad news, and that is that the the nine, nine in a row is, is not a thing. We lost 8-6 to Coventry at home on Sunday, uh, and I don't think... Anybody really saw a, a fourteen goal game coming? No. Uh, given just how well we've been playing, and uh, you know, just didn't really didn't see that coming at all. Um, definitely a surprise. A end to end game. I think it's fair to say. Um, neither neither defence really putting in a stellar performance. No, we hadn't been really playing quite that run and gun style recently I wouldn't say. Uh, it was it was definitely our undoing against Dundee at the start of the year. Um and we kinda reverted a, a wee bit to it. I think we struggled against Coventry as we'll come on to a wee bit um of how they played. But uh, I think in general terms when you score six in fact this works both ways, but when you score six goals you don't expect to lose and at the same time, though, when you can see date, you don't expect to win. <laughs> yeah, conceding eight is unforgivable, really. Yeah, it is, sure. and, and not even an empty net goal. So it was eight, eight genuine no. goals. Yeah, and only two of them were power play goals as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the game itself, I think going into it, we both felt quite confident that we could win it there'd been a lot of build up about um, going for this this record and stuff do you think that had any impact on the game at all added any pressure I don't think so I think, I think the players uh, and, and Fitzy would have been going into the same mindset as they had been previously um, or at least they'll tell you that anyway but who really knows what, what goes on in players heads yeah, I think I think it'll obviously think, been in their in their mind, but I'm not sure it, it necessarily yeah. affected the performance in any way. I don't you know, I think the club were kinda right to build up like that. Obviously trying to get uh, as many ticket sales and create a bit of a buzz and an atmosphere about it. I've, there's absolutely no issues with that. Um Bums on seats. Bums on seats and I, I don't think it did affect the performance really. I just think uh, 
we we just weren't at our best for for various reasons. Down to sort of, but I, I don't know. It's kind of difficult to sort of pinpoint one thing and say that was the cause of the of the defeat. But just sort of, and we'll kind of get into it. But each of the goals just kind of different in how they came about. Yeah. Um, going into the game, or when, obviously when when the teams came out, uh, there was still no Matt Becker, and surprisingly, certain to me, and probably a lot of a lot of other people, mm-hmm. no no Scott Tansky, and I think um, we definitely we've obviously been. I still think we miss Becker. Of course, we we went on that that winning streak without him, um, but. But Tansky as well, I think he adds quite a bit, and we maybe missed some of his energy at times, and potentially some of his defensive game. Definitely missed Tansky. Um, wasn't aware as well that he was that he was going to be missing. Um, and Becca as well that you know, they've been saying for for a bit of time now that he's sort of day to day, and maybe they didn't want to rush him back if we were if we were playing so well, but. Um, I think you know if if Matt Becker's fit, he should be in the team. Yep, and at the end as well, Fitzy did say that Tansky was day to day, and knowing what day to day means in terms of Becker, you know, Tansky could be out for weeks. So <laughs> who knows really? But hopefully, get them both back in. Um, it obviously meant a bit of a a juggling of the lines and stuff, but um, still. Not not to be used as an excuse because I think Coventry were maybe potentially one or two bodies short, I'm not sure. But we we got off to a, a cracking start and Haywood who has scored a few goals recently, um, really stepping up I think to the captaincy role from that point of view. He scored with two minutes on the board, um, tucking away a, a bit of a rebound that Phillips couldn't keep hold of and it was the perfect start in a game that We'd we really wanted to win, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, good sort of chasing down as well by by Musil. I think uh, I think Jerry was getting a wee bit too excited in the in the commentary when he was he was seeing Bierum, but it was it was <laughs> definitely Musil who uh, <clears throat> sort of won the puck back and played it out to Peacock for the for the initial shot, and then Captain Haywood was uh, putting the rebound. But, yeah. Um, Overall, it was a, you know at that point it seemed like it was going to uh, be another cracking night and couldn't have asked for a better start. Yeah, um, and just as we thought we were we were starting to dominate, uh, Coventry equalised. Luke Ferrara with a goal basically he got quite a nice wee deflection on a shot from mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Gianni Lackinen who had the shot and Colleen was was basically sent the wrong way and. Uh, it was a nice finish and brought them back into it. And at that point, you're kind of thinking, well, okay, one each. Uh, you're not thinking that <laughs> there's another 12 goals in this game, but maybe you think, right, then, you know, it might be a bit more open than, than previous games. Yeah, go- I mean, goals like that, it's, you know, they're kind of difficult to defend. And, um, you know, a lot of the time it's down to luck, but if you uh, if you hit a shot like that uh, from the from the blue line and you managed to get a tip on it and it could go anywhere. Um, so it was perhaps a bit unlucky, that one. Um, yeah. I wouldn't really put that down to... No. If, to I was, if I was being critical, though, I think he was standing kind of... Was he un- free? Unchallenged. 
and and what from what I remember, uh, quite close to the net, which is not ideal. Uh, I missed assignment from somebody, I think. So, if I was being critical, I'd say that. But it it was quite a nice finish. So, um, we'll we'll give them that. Uh, shortly after that, uh, Matthew Wah put us ahead, and I mean the guy's been absolutely unbelievable. I think recently, um, and this was. I think this might have been my, I was going to say pick of the goals, was a, his shorthanders are another contender for it, but I'm going to stick with this one because I think everyone was thinking shoot, well I certainly was when Laporte got the the interception, played a lovely path to the back post and well, I couldn't really miss, um, but that, that put us 2-1 up and you think well we're, we're on it going forward, we just need to keep it tight at the back but uh, that man Bloodoff who just loves playing against <laughs> us certainly certainly at Brayhead but I'm sure he, he scored a lot against us at, uh, in Kirkcaldy but he equalises with a a fairly good shot from distance that you maybe think Colleen won't be too happy with yeah um, for the for the Bloodoff one we were kind of sat, sat behind that and you know seeing the trajectory of it it seemed as if uh, there was quite a big gap uh, for Bloodoff to have a have a go at, but um, that's maybe not picking a wee bit. Yeah, the the waggles, um was really nice play um, from Laporte. I did think that well, I actually thought he was he was taking a while. He was taking a while before he got his shot off. Um, I think he was just trying to sort of get it on the get it on the stick. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Him. Yeah, those aren't the ones you want to miss. So. No, I mean it all kind of happened in a second. So, but yeah. uh, he's been he's been good. So I, I wouldn't expect him to miss that kind of chance. Um, so you're probably thinking we're going in it in it two two the break into the the first period break. But quick goals from Pitt and Lidhammer put us four two up at the end of that period. Pitts was, uh, well, it's gone down as his goal, but it it did come off off the defenceman definitely. I think it was a pass across. And then Lidhammer with one second to go. A nice finish, five hole on Phillips. Um, and going in at 4-2 after the first period, um, I mean, we were in charge at that point. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Especially with those those two late goals in that period as well. Uh, you would have thought that would have given us momentum going into the second and third periods. And, um, you know, it was, it was nice play for... For Pitt's goal again, Matthew Wah was involved. Uh, you know, t- sort of skates through with the puck and uh, lays it off to Pitt. I think Pitt tries to sort of set set him back up again, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, he does. Um, before it takes the, the deflection in, but they all count. Um, and Edley Tamers is is quite a nice move as well. So takes the puck out of the air, skates through, and I think it's Hayward that's um, kind of next to him. He sort of faints to. Yeah, pass it across. I think that's actually. I think that's the key bit of it because I think Phillips is really buying the, the pass, uh-huh. um, and you see he's sort of caught standing up, mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but I mean Coventry, Coventry were left wide open that that two on one, and from I guess a coaching point of view, you don't want that to happen at all. But not with one second to go, um, away from home, but. 4-2 up, 
at the start of the second. And I guess the theme of the game really was that we couldn't we couldn't keep control, we couldn't really keep the lead. I think if we had that for uh, a bit more a bit more time then we'd have we'd have felt a bit more confident. But uh, goals from Andrew Johnson and then Dylan Lawrence brought it back to four all. Um and you're thinking at that point really again this this could go either way. The the Johnson goal was a nice bit of play from Schistel and then he was Johnson was set up at the back post he couldn't really miss. Uh, and the Lawrence goal I think was really similar to Haywood's opener where he collected a rebound close to the keeper. So um both defences not not covering themselves in glory, but I mean it is a it is a team game that you don't want to single individuals really um, but there were a couple of individual errors in all of that Yeah I agreed uh, not ideal for the start of the second period you conceding just over 80 seconds into it and um, you know really you just you kind of needed to stay tight at the back you knew Coventry were going to come out uh, <laughs> all guns blazing <laughs> See what you did for, for blaze in that period and you know I thought it was maybe key to keep it tight for the first five minutes of the period and just try and uh, see it see it through a wee bit because you knew they were going to come out I mean I actually thought that Coventry were um, better than us in that period uh, yeah. I thought they, they probably deserved to, to win that period um, and then they only won the period 2-1 thanks to a Bierum power play goal now. I know that own goals aren't aren't really a thing. Um but if if there was ever a candidate for one, that was it. I mean Bierum's was a shot, I think, but it was flying well wide. Uh, mm, high and I wide, I think. By the looks of it, and it just it hits whoever it is and dribbles in. But to me that was that was the biggest candidate for an own goal of the night. Oh, yeah, definitely, 100% on own goal, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it was a shot, I don't know if he was trying to play it across the, up, across the crease, and I think it hits, uh, is it a harmonic? Yeah. Off his skating in, um, so that was, you know, two goals there, you would say, uh, uh, or would have been own goals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll take them. And... Yeah, you'll, you'll always take them, I mean, it was... Those are the goals that really the, the, the goaltenders can't can't do anything about and it's yeah. uh, I think you could see from Philip's reaction he was pretty gutted about that one. But um we managed to to hold on with that uh five four lead for quite a while, in fact thirteen and a half minutes really of the third period and actually at at that time I didn't feel that we were under um too much pressure. I thought we were pretty comfortable um, until Ross Venus equalised. It was a bit of a an ugly goal from our point of view defensively. I think um, one of the defencemen's caught out of position in Peacock's kind of covering mm. um, the right defenceman. I think as far as I remember, but Venus gets the the run on him and he he puts it five hole before. Colliding pretty heavily with Colleen. What did you What did you think of that goal? Do you think there was any sort of wrongdoing in it? <laughs> <laughs> Where 
that we start with this. Um, but that, I think you know, that, that's why I set you up with it, you know. <laughs> just kind of going back a wee bit, I think still finishing that second period in front, you know, should have been a good omen for us as well. Uh, managed to stay in it was a, a difficult period from our point of view, and you know, so still managing to go in there uh, five four up was was pretty good, uh, and you know, kind of kind of reminded me of the the Belfast game a wee bit where. They came out in the second period, uh, and they only managed the one goal in in that second period. But then we came out in the third period and and performed really well. And uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping for something similar uh, in this game, and it, it never really happened in the third period. Um, but yeah, to to your point for for Venus's goal, I thought um, having having looked back, at it, I have to say I thought. At the time, there was a there was a foul on Hayward as he was as he was skating back, but I don't think that's I think there was anything in that. Um, and you see the, the Venus uh, skating through with the puck. It's a difficult one because he, the puck does go in the net before he hits the goalie, but at the same time, I don't think there was any way for him to sort of get out. Like it would only ever end in a collision with Colleen. Yep, I I couldn't really agree too much more. I think as well when when I saw the Haywood thing, I think being honest, Haywood kind of tried to sell it a bit. Um, I don't think there was too much in that. So Coventry would be would be disappointed if anything was given there. But you never know with Halas, so it was it was sort of worth bringing up. Um, and then the goal, yeah, it's, it's one of those goals that I don't think's ever really going to get disallowed. Given that he does he does score before the collision, he can't really get out of the way. If anything, I don't know if the referee would then give a two minute goalie interference penalty on Venus. Um, I don't really know what the the directives are on that one, but for me, um, I'd have been disappointed if it was us and it was ruled out. Um, but you always, you know, it's one of those you always you're going to appeal for, and I think. Uh, we potentially asked for the the review on that one, although we we discussed it wasn't really clear what happened there. If we did ask and it was refused, or if we just we didn't ask at all, it was it was unclear. But I I looked down at, at the bench and I I saw Fitzy so gesturing towards the refs, uh, so asking for uh, for them to review it and you know whether they didn't see him or. Uh, or not as a as another matter, but I, I feel like Hayward would have been would have been over asking them as well. So if if it's the case that they've they've refused to review it, then uh, you know I think maybe questions need to be asked about that. Considering um, we did a similar thing against Fife, uh, and they did go and review it. So I mean, and obviously there's different referees. So is it a case that? Um, there's just there's no sort of parity between the refs, or where the refs just adamant that their decision was correct. Yeah, I'm not. I really, I wouldn't even pretend to know, but I would, I would like to think that they can't refuse a coach's challenge. Certainly, obviously, we 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 follow the same rule that the. I think if the challenge is unsuccessful, you lose your time out and, mm-hmm. um, however it is, but. 
you know, maybe it was just some kind of miscommunication. It would be interesting to find out from Fitzy what happened there. But um, I guess that's sort of in the past now. So that, that made it 5 all, And I think Coventry got a bit of momentum from that. And they, they certainly, if not that, they did from the, the goal basically right from the, the restart almost. Uh, Andrew Johnson again with a shot that... Um, Colleen definitely will will want to save just based on the distance. It was a quick shot, you know. I think he caught most people by surprise, but it's too far out to be scoring. And I think Colleen's reaction showed that he was pretty disappointed to let that one in. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, whether he was just kind of still shaking from the from the hit of the previous goal, given that uh, given that that one happened twenty seconds afterwards. Uh, you know, maybe put it down to that, or um, not too sure. But he was definitely caught off guard anyway. I think I think everybody was because of how early Johnson had taken the shot. But yeah, yeah a, a disappointment to lose that one. Yeah, and in that sense, actually, that that's really what makes it a good shot. I think. You know, yeah. it, it was yeah. it was you, know, you have to give have to give credit. It was uh, it took everybody by surprise, so that really put them. Six fives up, five up, um, and you're sort of then fearing the worst. And uh, certainly after that, I believe uh, Lidhammer got a two minute penalty for hooking, and I think that was somebody was not quite through on goal, but it was certainly close to our own goal. And then there was an incident between Evan Bloodoff and Travis Earhart where I think, basically to summarise it, Earhart, a bit of a, a red mist moment, blood off, sort of, you know, lulled him into a bit of a a, a cross-check or a, a roughing call, actually it was. Um, I think blood off knew what he was doing, but Earhart was clearly not happy with it, and that led to a 5-on-3, and it's really, at that point, five minutes to go, you've got two minutes, essentially, 5-on-3 to kill. It's a it's a real uphill battle. I'm not too sure about the, the call for for that one either, if I'm honest. Um I'm not really too sure. I can't I can't actually remember what how it all kinda of started. I don't know if you had maybe a stick in the back or something like that. So uh, the two of them were in front of the net and I think uh Bloodoff had gone down just under pressure from Earhart and then Bloodoff maybe tripped Earhart and he wasn't happy with with not getting anything for it. Um so when the play the play got stopped, he had had a few words and then he, he sort of bit the took the bait. Um but yeah, it's it's one of those classic Pavel Hallas calls. Um he's all he always looking for that kind of thing to call. Um and you know, you, you like to think that Penalties at, at that time in the game really do spoil it. I mean, if it's if it's completely blatant, then fair enough. But I think it was just a, a wee bit of handbags. But he, he was looking for that that excuse to call it, and Earhart gave him it. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's the other thing really you you have to say about about Halas. Um, you know, you got you go sort of the first sort of fifteen minutes and. 
uh, you know, nothing was really called and it was, you know, quite an intent game. It was pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, once you, once you call one, you need to call everything else after that point. And that's kind of Alice's mantra, I guess, if you like. But um, I just, I, I felt like the two plus two was a bit, a bit of a strange one. I can see why he's given it, but I just think, you know, especially at that time of the game as well, as, as you say, it's kind of, um, you're creating a sort of an opportunity there for for Coventry with the five one three. Um, it's probably a wee bit unnecessary. Yeah, and it and it was quite it was quite a well worked goal. I mean, um, it's it's a hard hard task at, at any time to kill a five one three. But towards the end of the game, I guess when you're a bit more tired and um, the 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 power the penalty kill unit um, hadn't really been out too much during the, the rest of the game as you say but um, it was a pass across the crease and John Curran scores back post to make it 7-5 um, and I don't think anybody really thought we could we could get back in it at that point but um, a really top notch short handed goal from Matthew Wah great assist from Haywood um, it, was, it was a lovely finish and you, you felt the momentum really swing uh, the arena got a bit of a jump there. Um, I think half the people that were maybe leaving early potentially turned round, certainly for seven <laughs> seconds anyway. Yeah, um, it was it was a it was a really nice goal. Uh, you know, from from where again, sort of picking the puck up and uh, skating through the V one two with Hayward. Um, bike post, I think that would that would probably be my pick of the goals just because it's it's a short-handed goal as well and like you say the sort of momentum swing again sort of back in our favour for for a brief moment uh, it was definitely it was definitely up there yeah it was a good good celebration he's always the kind of guy that gets gets the crowd going I think to celebrations and mm. um, as I'd said I remember him doing doing that for Sheffield against us a couple of times so it was nice to, to be on the right side of it. Um, and three minutes, 15 left at that time. I think we, we definitely had a, a wee sniff, only one goal down. Maybe take it to overtime, get get a point, or maybe more. Um, but unfortunately, straight from the face-off, Springer's pass is intercepted by uh, Luke Ferrara. Sorry, by Ross Venus, who takes a shot. Clean makes quite a good save, but it sort of bobbles off his glove. And then Ferrara really does scramble it somehow into the net. He does quite well because it's bouncing. He doesn't make any real decent contact with it, but it still makes its way in. Springer desperately <laughs> trying to make, make up for the mistake, takes the net out. But, you know, that was that was probably one of the most... <sighs> Flat moments so far of the season. That was that was I think the most frustrated. I think maybe other other than the uh, the game against Edinburgh that we had to win to win the league. <laughs> um, that that moment was up there for me in terms of. <laughs> it's funny just thinking of the overall picture. You know, we'd won eight in a row and we didn't make it nine, and we're. <laughs> absolutely fuming at moments like that no, but I, I know what you mean it was 
It was the game. It was just the, the timing. It was the timing and the way it happened. The timing, just the whole game in general. Seven seconds after you get that short-handed goal back, and you know Springer set. I don't really want to blame him, but he takes he takes the chance and uh, yeah. you know, rather than maybe just kind of holding on to it, and, uh, looking for other options or just getting it up the other end of the ice because you're still on the penalty kill at that point. Um, tries to pick out a difficult pass, uh, and yeah, um, the goal sort of comes as a result of that. And I think you know, just because of that, I, I was I was absolutely fuming. <laughs> I was absolutely fuming. Uh, sitting there to the point, well, to the point that Rosemary told me to calm down. So I was just. Uh, I know the feeling. Yeah, a lot of frustration. I know the feeling. Um, so yeah, I think. I mean, after that, it really, it really felt as though we we probably had left it too late. Although Phillips did make a a great save. I'd seen quite a bit of criticism for Pitt missing the, the chance. You know, when we pulled the goaltender with about a minute, or half a minute to go, he he had what looked like an open net. But to me, that was a superb save. Uh, right at the end you know you're yeah, just thinking yeah. open net put it in uh, but Phillips gets across and in the end Coventry come away with the win and they're they're now on I think that's is that three three or four four straight wins now so they've found a bit of form themselves I, I just think overall the game was was there to be won I think we're a better team than Coventry but um in the end, you know, they, they just did enough to win it and, and fair play, but it was just disappointing that we couldn't get that ninth win. Yeah, that's the other frustrating thing as well, is that it was Coventry that, that ended the run. Um, you know, I think in a game like that, if it was if it was Cardiff or Belfast you're playing, uh, you you know, you could maybe understand uh, losing in that manner, but, you know, just the combination of of it being Coventry and you know, sort of going for the record and conceding eight goals in the night, it's just it was just a a poor performance uh, at the back. Or yeah. defensively, sorry, yeah. I'll say defensively. And I actually think um, you know, if it was somebody else, just the way the the way the game went, it, it would almost be very different if it was a a Cardiff or Belfast. Um not that we weren't up for it, or I'm not saying that we underestimated Coventry or whatever it was, but in a way it was kind of set up to be like that, um, and that you know we went in probably I would say as heavy favourites. Um, yeah. Would it have actually been better to be playing a, a Sheffield, Cardiff, or Belfast? Technically no, but um, you never know. Fair, fair play to them, as I said. Take take nothing away from that. Um, yeah. And. And we go in, you know, we, we're now not, not top of the league, sadly, but still well within touch going into this weekend. Um, and looking looking ahead to that, two games, away to Dundee and then home to Manchester. I think we've we've got to get straight on, back on winning ways. Uh, and I, I'm, wanting f- I'm wanting four points from that and I'm wanting to be top again. And I'm wanting a nine-game winning run to start on Saturday I mean that that all sounds great <laughs> doesn't it but, but will it happen 
I think I agree with you though. I think we do. I mean, you know, if I want to be at the top end of the table come the end of the season, then games against Dundee and Manchester, you maybe taking care of business. Um, and you know, Dundee have been, you know, kind of up and down. They've had a really good start in the Challenge Cup, uh, but I think we owe them one. So, um, and I think the players will have that in mind as well uh, when they go up there. Uh, and then Manchester, you always kind of, you always kind of want to beat Manchester, um, especially especially at home as well. Uh, so I would agree with you. I think four points are a are a must. Um, absolutely. Uh, on the the Dundee game, looking at that briefly first, they they're in Belfast on Friday night. Um, so you know that that might have. Have a, a bit of an impact that might help us. I think it it would be hard to argue that it won't help us uh, with them having to travel to to Belfast on the Friday and then come back. But Dundee, there's the potential. You know, they they have been struggling, but I think they will get confidence knowing that in the previous two games they really did hammer us, um, and that yeah. they won't have forgotten that. Um, I think they'll go into that with confidence, knowing that you know they they can they can beat us and they have competed with most, <laughs> can score <laughs> exactly with most teams. Um, although the form recently is has not been great defensively, they did improve against Coventry at the weekend, but they're just struggling a bit at the moment. But I think you know they are definitely still dangerous. Um, two guys that I thought would be key were Kevin Defour, who's certainly was top near the top of the goal scoring charts. He's been scoring quite a lot, um, and obviously Alex Leclerc, the goaltender, who was very good against us, albeit we were pretty poor. But I mean, he's 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 well capable. I think now after I totally wrote him off at the start of the season, <laughs> he's well capable of of keeping them in a game. So I think we've got to get some a couple of goals in early, and I'd expect us to concede a couple there if I'm honest. But um, hopefully, hopefully we can just pull through that one. Yeah, um, I think there's there's something to be said about about them travelling to to Belfast and back uh, on the Friday. Um, you know, Coventry had a game against Dundee on the Saturday and we only had the one game at the weekend uh, so you would have thought that we would have been a bit fresher uh, in that game as well and um, you know we're kind of thinking again that should maybe be the case against Dundee but um, it never really is uh, you know teams are always sort of well prepared for these back to back games as well and uh, you know travel included so We'll see what happens there. I think it'll be another tough game, um, but definitely one that, that we need to uh, take the two points from. Yep, um, and then Manchester on on Sunday at home. I think I'm feeling quite quite similar to how I was. I think for the Coventry game, you know, I think we'll win that as favourites. Manchester are um, struggling, although picked up. Uh, some points recently and started to score. I know they had some issues trying to trying to score recently, um, but they they tend to play a, a bit more of a defensive style. 
on the road, how we'll adapt to that, I, I don't know. Um, sometimes it can be a bit awkward to break break teams down if they play a quite a trapping kind of system that Manchester tend to do. Uh, I know in, in the interview with Fitzy for the Coventry game, he sort of had a bit of a go at Coventry. Uh, I don't know if you hear it, where he was saying it's hard to play against a team that uh, just plays like they did. Uh, not not that they're not trying to play hockey. I, I don't really think it was it was a sort of a real genuine dig, but I think he was just saying that we've not faced somebody who played quite in the, the way that they did. You know, they turned the defence quite a lot and chased after pucks in the corners. I think Manchester will be very similar. So I think we've, we've got to go in and try and get a couple of goals on on the best goaltender in the league and, and dominate the game like like we can. Um, I saw Sully got a wee goal at the weekend in Belfast. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. He I don't know if he scored. <laughs> did he score for us ever, maybe? Maybe I, one or two. He must have scored ever. Yeah, maybe one or two. But um, Sully got a wee goal, so wouldn't put it past them to get another one against us. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, but we've got to got to get that win and and get going again, because there'll be there'll be tougher games to come. Although you know, no disrespect to Manchester. Yeah, I, I think we do have to give them uh, respect as well. You know, um, they had the, the double header in in Belfast last weekend, and getting that shootout win on the Saturday was um, quite a big result for them. Uh, you'd have to say Belfast. Uh, generally pretty good at home um, away from home is a different story so far but uh, definitely on home ice they're more, more or less going to be the, the favourite um, but I think this season there's only been two shutouts so far in, in the whole league in the league whole, yeah the league, right uh, Coventry was one of them uh, and I think the other one was Belfast but it might have been in the Challenge Cup okay um, so and, and the Coventry shot I was against Manchester but I think that was when they were still sort of finding their feet and stuff so um, but they'll be a, they'll be a different team now as well so it'll be another tough game for us uh, there's no doubt and uh, Manchester are a physical team as well and uh, we'll definitely bring that on the Sunday as well. Um, yeah. But I think you know if we play the way that we can play, and um, you know we really need to start tightening up at the back, um, then you know I think we'll be coming away with the two points there. Um, but you know everything sort of has to go has to go right for that to happen. It does. Yeah, definitely not underestimating them. They they have played well in the past. Brayhead as well I remember on a couple of occasions they played pretty well especially defensively um, so yeah it's a tough one but it's it's a pair of games that I think if you want to start getting back on a winning streak then then you would take them given the form that some of the, the other top teams in the league are starting to find so um, I'll be looking for four there if we're, if we're being mega positive um, 
obviously last week there were there were other games. It's not just clan that Your play job. in the league. <laughs> Believe it or not, there were other games. Um, the results are no. I think Manchester themselves getting a a big Challenge Cup win six two on Friday over Sheffield. That was a a bit of a shock. Oh, the the Challenge Cup sort of throws up those every so often, and actually when you look more in detail. Um, you find out that it was Cantor that started for Sheffield in net, um, who they've just released. Put me or you. So, yeah, really, really struggled in his in his time here. And I think you know statistically, he probably looked okay when they signed him, but he's certainly yeah. not done very well there and didn't cover himself in glory. So, uh, Sheffield didn't didn't start the weekend uh, in great fashion, but they did did redeem it with a 4-2 win against Dundee on Sunday. Uh, Manchester themselves, as you said. Then playing uh, away in Belfast twice, a, a 4-3 shootout win and then a 3-1 defeat. So, um, I mean, I, I know two, two of the points were Challenge Cup, but four out of six is a, a good return there for Manchester. Yeah, um, three really tough games, so uh, let me get a four. Four points from that um, is is pretty pretty good. So um, they're definitely hitting a bit of form. Dundee continuing their struggle, although that they are the games that they they are losing, with the exception of one or two, they tend to be be in them. Um, you know, and a couple of bounces not going their way. Two one defeat at home to Coventry, and then that loss to Sheffield. So they're not coming in in good form, but as we've We've talked about they are, are dangerous, but um, finally Nottingham as well getting, getting some kind of points. Surprisingly, really, away at Cardiff, I think. Nobody really, really saw that one coming. Certainly not us. Um, and then Cardiff got got a five three win on the Sunday, a bit of revenge. But um, if ever there was a Nottingham thing to do, I think. That's really it. Win when nobody's sort of expecting it. Yeah, I think they were in a similar run to us, but obviously with with defeats rather than wins. Yeah. Um, and you know, just be typical Nottingham to do that, go into Cardiff and, and get the win. Um, and obviously it's a bit disappointing the the return game, uh, playing at home and losing to Cardiff, but. Um, you know, Cardiff, we know what kind of team they are and we know how, how professional they are, so it's no surprise that they bounced back. Um, Fife and Guildford had a, a wee series there. Fife uh, home on the Saturday, Guildford coming away with a 3-2 overtime win um, and then Fife getting the revenge on the Sunday with a 2-1 win down in Guildford. So I think we did actually say points shared there, but we probably... Predicted it the other way round. <laughs> yeah, uh, as usual, good, good prediction. No. I've <laughs> got, got it right, just the wrong way round. Absolutely. Um, so then, keeping on the predictions theme, then going into this weekend's or weeks or tonight's games, even as well. Oh. Uh, a wee bit of wee bit of midweek challenge cup action. Um, I'm not even going to bother looking at the table to see who's where. I'm just going blindly on the teams. <laughs> Uh, Nottingham Manchester starting in about half an hour from as we speak what's happening in that game 
difficult to say. I think uh, I think actually Nottingham are top of that Challenge Cup group. I could could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, I think Manchester are bomb, so I'm going to say Manchester uh, in the hope that will spice up that division. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, tomorrow night, Guildford are in up in Coventry. Um, that's another another wee tough one. Um, I'm gonna go Coventry in that. I think. Yeah, it's a tough one. Both teams have sort of been hot and cold. Uh, as you say, Coventry had a wee bit of form, three or four wins in a row. So home advantage there as well. Go Coventry. Yeah, and it's nearly a nearly a three game weekend for Guildford Delo. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. They play Cardiff home then away. Um Challenge Cup still. Um I think probably the home game for Guildford will be a bit tighter. I think Cardiff will be probably too strong at home for them, but um the Saturday Guildford might fancy picking up a wee win given Cardiff haven't been quite as strong as, as usual to start. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be I think it'll be a close couple of games. Uh, we know what what kind of team Guildford have got and, and how well they can play against uh sort of bigger teams, if you like. So uh, a couple of close games there I'll agree. I'll think I'll take Guildford to win at home and then Cardiff to win in Cardiff. Hard to argue with actually. Goes against my yeah, your your promises. Going for Cardiff, <laughs> every game, but they've just not not quite been right on it. But we'll we'll see. They'll they'll pick up. I know that they'll pick up. Um, they'll definitely pick up. They're not in the hot chummy soccer league anymore, so they'll exactly. Yeah, only get this to focus on. Yeah, uh, both them in Belfast, obviously, out and and actually, I think the those. Teams now have got to a point where they're wanting to do more than just compete. You know, we saw Nottingham get through. Is uh, it two seasons ago they got through the groups? Um, and I think certainly Cardiff were in with a, a shout there, and even Belfast there's a couple of tight games. Um, so I don't think it will be too long before we get another team going through. I think just the way the league's sort of on the up and the teams are improving. I think we will see more teams getting out of the Champions Hockey League groups, but um, when you're the bottom seed, as our teams basically always are, um, you're you're always going to get a solid draw, so it's not easy, but um, I would love another shot at that, uh, but we'll need to win the league first. Definitely. Um, um, so... Dundee's weekend then we've talked about a game with uh, with us how do you think they're, they'll do in Belfast on Friday? Um, I think Belfast are going to win that one um, I know Dundee have already beat Belfast this season but it was at home in, in the Challenge Cup as well um, I just think Belfast similar to Cardiff now not got the Champions Hockey League to worry about so Full focus on the league from now from now on, uh, and I think they'll be they'll be too strong for Dundee. I also think that. Um, 
and then Belfast go to Manchester on Saturday. Um, I, I can't really be bothered every week saying Manchester is a difficult place to go, but it, it does go without saying it is it is awkward. Um, two word two word predictions. Yeah, uh, let's go for our two word predictions then. So starting starting Manchester Belfast. Does uh, <laughs> air count as one? <laughs> Uh, I'll just say uh, Storm. Oof, Giants. Uh, yeah. That's that was mine there. <laughs> um, Sheffield, Coventry. Uh, Steelers. Sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah, I had fucked it up at the start there, so I just had to. Okay, okay. Stick all of them. Steelers. Nah, M's don't count. M's don't count. I need to yeah, think about this. I mean, they'll, Steel- be, they'll get edited out, innit? <laughs> Steelers, comfortable. Okay. Uh, next up, Nottingham, Fife. Fife, narrowly. Nottingham, overtime. Okay. Uh, let's see, I've done those. On to Sunday, Coventry, Nottingham. <laughs> just thinking about what I'm going to say <laughs> yeah uh, um, let's go Coventry comfortable yeah I was going to say Nottingham poor which implies Coventry are going to win so I'm going to go Nottingham poor okay. uh, and then Fife Sheffield uh, Sheffield shirt. I'm gonna say fiery flyers. <laughs> what what does that mean? <laughs> and it means it means it's going to be a fiery game. Yeah. And I think the ten three or whatever it was, uh, will still be in the memory. And I think it's going to be a, a pretty niggly one but Fife are just going to have one of those games where they turn up at home okay. and win it so that's what I'm calling um, so that's all the games uh, the other note I had for Elite League stuff is that there was the the wee rule change announcement today about uh, bench sizes and import signing limits um, so the bench sizes uh, and of course the, the GB player age thing but the, the bench sizes have now changed to uh, I think a maximum number of players you can dress 17 outfield and 2 goaltenders is that right? That's, sorry this? Seven, 17 and this 3 yeah so I, I wonder is it plus 3 the under 25s? Uh, is it is that's interesting? I thought the three was goaltenders. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't dress three goaltenders, would you? No, I know you wouldn't, but I think that's just the maximum that you can. Right. Uh, it, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit confusing because they then reference the NHL thing. The next paragraph saying that you can have obviously a squad larger than eighteen. 18 players and two netminders. So I'm not really... I, I, I read that as 17 skaters and three goaltenders, but 
Uh, you might actually be right about twenty five and unders. Um, yeah. So let's that, let's maybe go with you on that one. I think uh, well, when I when I read it first time as well, I thought it was nine minders, but then I thought, why would you dress three nine minders? I know, I know. Yeah. Just because it's a maximum, but it's not clear. Yeah. Be worth nah, it's out, probably. Clear. If anybody knows, if anybody can clear that, up, then educate yeah, us. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the under. 23 player rule has now become an under 25 to kind of promote or the idea is to give uh, more of a opportunity to, to homegrown players whether that will or not um, I'm not sure uh, another thing was that there's now a limit a signing limit on a season of 18 imports and I think you rightly pointed out that probably clan-wise that's unlikely to affect us. We don't tend to to sign, uh, release and sign many players during a season but team like Sheffield and any team really I suppose that needs two or three guys in as injury cover it starts to become a bit tight. That's coming in to force from next season onwards. Um so like Sheffield, for example, this season, I think I've already released and then signed two imports and then obviously Cantor has has gone as well, although the rule is that you can sign a 19th if he's a goaltender, basically. But um, you could see that getting a bit awkward for some teams, potentially, but yeah, it's probably not as game-changing as I, I thought it was when I, I first read it. So, um Maybe not worth going into too much, but uh, overall, I think quite nice to actually see them making some kind of announcement within, you know, a good time frame before next season that people it's a bit bit more transparency than we're used to seeing. Yeah, it's a bit better, uh, you know, given that they've released it now. Uh, for for next season, I think it's um, pretty good that they've that they've done that. Um, yeah, the, the eighteen import thing. I don't. I mean, it's not going to affect us because we don't we don't have spare imports anyway that, that we would that we would use in that scenario. Um, you know, we're already two guys down. Uh, we don't have anybody in um, to sack. To sort of cover them, so from that aspect, I don't. I mean, it could be a bit better for us if it means that teams like Sheffield and Cardiff have that limit, so that yeah, um, you know, they're not constantly at full strength when they when they come. Um, yeah, I so think, I think from that from that point of view, it could be a bit better. That is a that is a good a good aspect of a good viewpoint. Um, that you know it probably helps in terms of limiting other teams more than, more than uh, it it affects us kind of thing. Um, I think the view with uh, the idea of reducing the the bench strength is so that it kind of almost forces you. That they've said uh, to try and make coaches use more of the players that are dressed rather than. Been able to keep guys sitting on the bench, not even giving them a shift type thing. Um, mm. So that's potentially 
a benefit of of younger players and stuff. But we'll we'll see how that how that happens. I don't think it's going to be uh, a real noticeable thing, you know, as you as you're watching the games. But um, if you look at ice time, maybe over the season, it, it would potentially be a bit more a bit more interesting. But we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Did you have anything else hockey related? AOB. AOHB. <laughs> no, I don't have any other hockey business. Um, there was the just kind of thinking about it. The the Neil Black interview with oh, talking, right, yeah. talking about um, Nottingham mainly, but he did did mention a wee bit about Clan, just saying that uh, budget, you know, yeah, budget wise. There's, they're completely run as two separate businesses and basically um, they both get the same percentage of turnover to use as player budget so um, obviously Nottingham will turn over a lot more than we do but um, you know they're both both run like that um, and I think you know Nottingham fans are going to be thinking that there was, they needed a bit of a change and obviously they hadn't started so well but uh, you don't see him very often so I think when he does come out and say some stuff then people really take note and get more of a chance to, to criticise um, and then I quite liked the interview with Omar Pasha and Luke Fisher the EIHL media guy um, if anybody's seen that I just find all these videos because I'm subscribe to all the team channels basically um, but I thought he talked pretty well and it was quite interesting when he was talking about getting all the game feeds and the ideas that he'd wanted to bring in about uh, social media and stuff and I, I think the social media for the league definitely has picked up and I think the stats are a step forward so from that point of view um, I think he's done done pretty well yeah I'd agree to Definitely, a definite improvement uh, on last year from from that side of things. The you know the the new website, maybe some question marks around that, but overall I think it's an improvement from the website point of view. From uh, you know sort of having the the stats there to be able to see as well, which is which is pretty good. And then you've got the the sort of media output of uh, you know the sh- short sort of two minute goal clips after yeah. the games and uh, the interview clips as well I think they are pretty good um, if you're in a rush or whatever you can yeah. sort of watch see the goals yeah I think they're excellent actually because um, really the goals are essentially what you want to see and you want to hear coaches thoughts um, yeah. kind of one or two minutes is absolutely perfect um, and quite often before you didn't you didn't see the goals maybe for a couple of days, depending on what team it was. Some were better than others, and then um, certainly the interviews as well. Um, you want to you want to hear stuff, whether it's uh, a victory or a, or a defeat type thing. Um, one thing that made me laugh there: uh, Paul Dixon, the Guildford coach, <laughs> he's he's always got the longest answers. Every question. So see that all all of his post match reaction videos. Yeah. It's just it's a single cut clip of him for the minute talking about the game. Uh, 
But I like, I think he seems like a decent guy and he talks, he talks well, obviously got a good team, but uh, he's always, he's always got a really long-winded, <laughs> winded answer. Whereas all the other coaches are, stuff sort of cut, cut up in segments from different questions. Uh, especially the, the moody ones when they've lost, but um, yeah. it's a good laugh. But no, no, the media stuff's definitely good, so hopefully that can improve, improve further. Outside hockey stuff then, uh, did you see the final, or they say it's final, Star Wars trailer? Oh yeah, uh-huh. I did see it. I, I have to admit, I've only watched it with subtitles and no sound, because okay. I didn't have my headphones the other day, and I've not watched it since, so I don't know if the tunes were good on it. Uh, but it was quite hard to follow up with just subtitles, um, and I think trailers for for these things are always look really good. They obviously pick out the good bits, and then in recent films they've just they've just not turned into good films. So I'm going in thinking it's not going to be that good, uh, and hopefully it is. Yeah, ho- hopefully it is. I I don't know. I'm just kind of at the point now where. I want them to finish, and I want them to sort of start from scratch and make a sort of, uh, you know, a, a kind of similar kind of film, but on a, a, a different part of the galaxy, or <laughs> do something else. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I think that would be quite, I think it would be quite interesting. Is that, is that, sorry. Is that done with all done with You know, like fucking Carrie Fisher floating through space. and. Oh, totally done with it, yeah. Yeah, you know, should have just killed her off. Are they not still yeah. making? Are they not making more spin-off things? Spin-off stories. Yes, they are. There's a um, there's a series coming out pretty soon, I think. No, uh, so, called The Mandalorian. Right. So whether that's going to be any good is mm-hmm. is yet to be seen. Um, but I think sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But. Uh, who knows? I'm I'm just waiting for the James Bond film. That's what I'm all about. So, when's that? Uh, April. Aye, still. So it's a while away. Yeah, yeah, but just a just a good bad build up. That's that's what I'm all about. You know, that's my special subject. But um, now, hopefully, hopefully, Star Wars is is half decent. Um, Hope so. Football wise, big game coming up for Celtic. Yeah, um, big game against Lazio tomorrow night. Um, I mean, bad to back games uh, coming up against Lazio. I think um, the main focus for me it should still be the league, um, but I can understand why. If you're new and you want to do well in this competition, um, given how poor Celtic have been under Brendan Rodgers in Europe. Um, you know, I think it's it's good for the for the fans and the players. You want to attract the best, uh, the best in talent to Celtic, and um, the way to do that is to perform well in Europe. So, from my point of view, I think uh, you know Celtic have been pretty good uh, in Europe so far. So, um, a, a tough couple of games coming up, but uh, Lazio haven't been all that great in Europa League either. So. Um, could go either way tomorrow night. Um, depends if 
if Celtic turn up on it. I think Celtic will win it handsomely, to be honest. You think so? Yeah, I do. I do think we've scored a few goals. Mm. Um, the away game may be a bit trickier, but I do think at home we've scored a few goals. Just get a feeling. Um, whether Lazio play a, str- a full strength team and whatever else, um, I just I've just got a feeling that uh, that Celtic will Celtic will win, um, and that will put them in a really strong position in the group. Won't it? I think are they top at the moment or second? Um, not sure. Well, they've got four points anyway, so they're either first or Nine. or second. Yeah. Um, and then obviously on goals scored they're now top of the league after Rangers drew at Hearts um, and then Celtic have got that they go is Aberdeen they're at Aberdeen on Sunday and uh, Aberdeen, yeah. and Rangers have got obviously away to Porto which is probably as tough as you could get then a, a bit a bit more comfortable home home to Motherwell Um so I mean, it, it could. I think if Celtic come away with uh, two wins there, you'd be, you'd be really happy with that. Um, I actually think they'll beat Aberdeen as well. So um, I'm giving you six points in two games here. Uh, I think Rangers will beat Motherwell on Sunday, um, but it'll yep. be a tough ask to beat beat Porto in Portugal. Uh, but again, I think probably what. Definitely, league's a priority for them, but um, I think it might even it will be back to goal difference again by Sunday evening. If you're asking me, I think I think it will be yeah. level on points still and, and on goal difference. So uh, pretty interesting. Well, yeah, not I mean, interest not, not interesting from your point of view, but <laughs> no, but I think that's kind of you know. Best case scenario for Celtic is uh, to get a couple of wins in the next two games, and uh, you know we're top just now, but um, only on goals scored. So um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the goals thing could maybe come into it further down the line, but for me, it's just about getting the wins just now. Yeah, you know, definitely. Definitely. And it's going to be it'll be a tough game at Pataudry definitely, definitely but the, end, the league will not come down to goal difference at the end of it I'll tell you that just now okay uh, <laughs> if the league comes down to goal difference at the end of the season I'll not record another podcast <laughs> and I'm writing, that down. I'm writing that down um, but nah nah I think I think uh, six points for Celtic there and who knows what what will what will happen uh, at the end but um, I think I've said before I, I still think Celtic will win the league and I, I don't think it'll be goal difference so you can you can rest easy that's good then good um, to know what else have we got Partick Thistle oof absolutely flying now Biggie and McCall in and <laughs> scoring three goals in what the last five minutes or something in Dundee to get a good good result, and now I think in true Craig Levine style they're only a couple of points off fourth or maybe four points off fourth. They might actually win the league this year. No, I, mean, I doubt that very much, but so do I. Yeah. Um, they're, they're definitely going in the right direction with McCall. 
Although, did you see um, the <laughs> the picture of him uh, with training with with Partick Thistle, but he was wearing his uh, United tracky bottoms? Yeah, I thought that was really funny. But fair play, the, the next the next tweet where they they sort of embraced it and then showed the delivery of Partick Thistle gear for for him to wear. I thought that was quite funny. That um, was good. Finally, finally, he's got decent gear and might be able to take them up the table now, but um, we will see. So, I'm thinking that we've covered everything we need to cover in episode 60, uh, apart from one thing, and I've left this till last, this is an Easter egg for all clan fans. What do you make of Scott Pitt's new beard? His new beard? Uh Aha. He's got a wee beard now. Does he? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I saw... Nah. It does. You're, nah, you're joking. I saw a picture um, of... Yeah, when he was over for his Man of the Match, or it was a side... Or, not a Man of the Match, but he was... Was it a shirt off the back? Picture? Something like that. And he was he was over... Over side on. Like, see... See if you go to the... Uh, Tweet from October twenty second, uh, yesterday. Highlights the highlights tweet. It's a picture of Scott Pitt from the side. Yeah, yeah. It's a picture of Scott Pitt from the side with a beard. It's just about as it's just about as uh, filled out as mine, i.e. not that filled out in ginger, uh, but he's got one, which is unusual for him. From yesterday. From yesterday, yeah. Right, let's see. Um, and it, troll, troll and through all that shit first. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think it suits him. It does, it's not bad. And actually, you know, next the next episode is, is the big 61, and I thought in in, uh, in honour of that, I would try and grow a Scott Pitt beard myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that'll be a big one. Um, We'll be, we'll be going over Scott Pitt's career to date. No, we won't actually, but we'll just mention it. I'll mention him a lot of times. But uh, I just thought the beard was, was worth a wee mention. Um, he's doing, in my mind, he's doing he's doing pretty well this season and hopefully the, the beard can power him through. I hope so. Um, one thing that we actually forgot to mention was uh, the return of Ryan Finnerty for Matt Hayward's testimony. So we did. You're right. Uh, as a player, and as a player, as a, as a player, yeah. That'll be and good. Next announcement is in twenty-five minutes. Is it? Oh yeah, you're right. I see they've just tweeted a the picture, a baby picture. Yeah, he um, Finnerty come back as a player will be good. Because I don't, I yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I would have seen him as an opposition. That, one point in his sort of late playing days, but I don't really remember. Um, so seeing him as a player will be a good laugh. I'm actually really looking forward to that game, as I've said. I think it'll be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see who the next one is. I mean, I, I'd expect, you know, like Kyle Jones, Arson, uh, Craig Anderson mentioned to Drew Miller. Did you hear the Drew Miller interview? No. 
the clan the the latest clan chat interview is with Drew Miller. Right. Uh, and uh, he's talking about how much he enjoyed when he was here for the lockout. And Craig Anderson mentions that it's, it's Haywood's testimonial. Um, and he says, oh, I'll give my regards or whatever, but he's got he's got a new, a young kid and stuff. That, so he, it's not as if he was going to come over or anything for it, but he said he's hope, hoping to be over in the future. But um, yeah, I think we'll be a cracking lineup for that testimonial. So look forward to, to seeing, the, seeing who else is, is on it. Who do you think it is? That, that one from, there from, from that picture. picture yeah obviously pictures don't go down that well on podcasts um, an interesting picture given that <laughs> is that a real picture must be it who, must be it looks really that? strange that. is that a clan player don't know oh it's hard to say if that's a clan player uh, nah, I actually don't even know. Who is that? We'll find out soon. But uh, well, I think it's I think it's maybe Alex Levitt. <laughs> I see you've just tweeted Alex Levitt. <laughs> oh, you tweeted a while ago, Alex Levitt. It's a good shout. Do you know that's not actually that's not the worst shout. Nah, okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. A good laugh. It'll be great anyway, so I look forward to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's us just just to round off then. Um, A wild, a wild scoring weekend, but we'll be back on winning ways. Starting the back to nine, get to nine hashtag starts on Saturday. (laughs) That's it. And the reason why they didn't get to nine was because we recorded last week. We did say that. (laughs) Shit, it actually is. Does that mean? Does that mean that we're just not going to get any points this weekend as well? Mm, who knows? But uh, a wee, a wee quick uh, breaking news uh, <laughs> of a goal, a goal in the in the Panthers game. All right. Panthers go one 0 up through Sam here. Sorry. No, that's through, good. That's good. People might want to know that. Through John Rowe, actually. Oh, was it? That was it. He was. He was my. He was my tip to uh, underperform this year. Classic. No. I don't actually think he's doing that well, so I'm not not miles off it. But anyway, we've <laughs> just, been just as I sorry, just as I say that, Manchester equalised through. I'm going to guess Cameron Critchlow. Uh, doesn't actually tell you. Just says one one. But if I go, <laughs> I'll go quickly into game centre, which probably. It, and definitely hasn't been updated yet. Right. So, who knows? Mystery goal, but if we stay on any longer, we'll need to do a fucking commentary of this game. So. I know, we're not doing it. We're finishing. Cheers for turning up, folks. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. And we're for not doing a commentary. 61. <laughs> See ya.